everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. We're starting our first episode of Emily in Paris. Or as did Americans you, like to call it, uh, Emily in Paris. Do you appreciate my pronunciation? I did. I, I liked it a lot. It was very good. I've for been somebody, to France once. For, for someone who took French for six years, I appreciate... Oh, damn. Good for you. I did. I have a lot of favorite words. We can maybe go over them at some (gasps) point. I would love to. I would love to hear that. (laughs) But yeah, we could do that as episodes go along. They may pop up. I don't even know because we're watching one episode at a time. We could have like a word of the day situation where you teach us a new French word and and we can use it. My most favorite word would never show up in this episode. Is it a curse word? No. Oh. It's a fruit, but we can a get fruit. into that. <laughs> Maybe it will show up someday. It might. It might. But speaking of fruit, we have a lovely signature cocktail here that we're drinking. I'm very excited. I've been staring at it for a while. There's an I'm orange slice. Yeah, please take a sip now that we're on the air. Okay. Ooh, that is delicious and refreshing. Delightful, right? Mm-hmm. So what do we got. So it's French, obviously. Mm. Well. I should say the alcohols involved are French, and the inspiration for the beverage itself comes from Disney. Oh, yay. <laughs> so Epcot features these lovely uh, alcoholic slushes at the French Pavilion. So um, this is almost that recipe. They use Grey Goose and Grand Marnier. Okay. I used Grand Marnier and Cognac. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just felt like... Extra sexy. So, yes, it's Grand Marnier, Cognac, uh, Simple Syrup, and uh, Sweet and Sour Mix, which I made from scratch. It is delightful. Yes, it's quite pleasant. Oh, and then, you know, ice in a blender, obviously. Yes. Because it is a slush. And very fun, fancy straws that we love. (laughs) Always featuring a fun, fancy straw Mm -hmm. in this household. And they give off a French vibe. I don't know what it is about, like, the design of these straws. They make me think of, like, a Parisian cafe yeah of some i think because they're sophisticated and classy I yes that's what we're trying to go for here. tint of gold you know yeah sophisticated and classy are two words that do not describe the show that we watched this week no but you think it would because paris has its very classy i mean paris is classy to me i i consider it classy and there was just a lot that i felt didn't capture where we were No, and I have been to Paris before. Lucky. I went when I was 18, I think. So, long time ago. Mm -hmm. Ancient history. But my sister and I went to London and Paris. Uh, No offense, Paris. I preferred London. But part of that was just because Paris feels more modern to me. Okay. London, you just felt like you were walking through a history book everything felt really old and ancient and you could just kind of picture people walking around in like the 14th century just like doing their (laughs) doing their shit but in Paris it very much felt like a 21st century city nothing against it right just just more with the times yes uh I have to say that I didn't really experience the rudeness of the French people that I was gonna bring that up so heavily stereotyped in this show I feel like again it is very stereotyped I don't want to think that that's I mean you think of Paris you think of France you know Paris city of love why would people be so rude and nasty and it like that was the first thing that I thought of because 
you know, we'll get into it, but a lot of her assumptions of Paris is ratatouille. And, oh, God. You know, like, again... <laughs> Right, they're called the city of love. So she's thinking romance. She's thinking, you know, she's seeing people kissing. You think that this is this is the atmosphere she's around, and yet she comes into contact with really rude people. And it's, I feel like if I was in those situations, I would crawl under a hole. Well, there's crawl into a hole. There's there's two categories of people in the show. It's either the stereotypical rude French people or the stereotypical horny French men. Yes. Those are literally the only two types of people that she meets in Paris. Except maybe Luke might be an exception. He seems to be neither. <laughs> right. So there's that. But maybe we need to back up, though, and, yeah. and, and go back to the setup of why she's in Paris in the first place. I I hated this show almost instantly. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I immediately felt like... I, you start, because I... <laughs> I just felt we, talking about stereotypes, we're just going right into the classic, oh no. (laughs) I'm I'm pregnant. Oh, the classic, I'm pregnant so I'm vomiting everywhere all the time. (laughs) Again, she could have ate something bad. Right. Why is it immediately a pregnancy? And then, and that bothered me too, because then Emily goes to the bar to like meet her boyfriend and she said, yeah, so she threw up this morning after sniffing some perfume, and she like she went to the doctor. And like, why would you just go to the doctor? I don't know. Maybe I just don't go to the doctor when things are wrong with me. But it seems like throwing up once is probably not a warning sign, right? I mean, and it was the clearly the first thing, like the first sign of pregnancy for her, right? She was ready to go. Like she was going to Paris. She was doing her thing. She was filling Emily in on what she had to do there. And then, oh, a perfume made her feel... So- I mean, perfumes can make people nauseous. Sure. Yeah, and, and they said it was a floral scent, and sometimes floral scents can be very overwhelming. So it was very odd that, like, automatic... Like, of course, that's the choice Yeah, it, it was a trope. It's an overused trope. So, it, yeah, it offended me. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, obviously she vomited, so she's pregnant, clearly. The other thing that really pissed me off was when Emily described the perfume as, like, wearing poetry. What the fuck does that mean? Who thinks of that at the top of their head, either? First of all, nobody. But second of all, when you really even think about it, what does that even mean? Like, I I don't even like that as a phrase. I was gonna go with she made it seem, or thought it seemed sensual, but not all poetry sensual, so... No, I I didn't connect with it at all on a sensory level. I, I just was really put off by it. It's like, this is dumb. <laughs> Who wrote this line? This is terrible. And then the other thing I fixated on in that situation was when uh, Madeline says that her master's degree in French was not a waste of time. <laughs> Almost certainly is. I mean, in general. But 
specifically in this situation because then Emily gets this promotion and goes to France without, without having anything. any language experience. So why did Madeline even need a master's degree in French? Listen, my that six was a waste of time, lady. That was absolutely a waste of time. My six years of high school French was a waste of time. They didn't even offer it to us. Because I should have taken French. Nobody. I mean, I should... <laughs> I did take French. Have another no, sip. No, I should have taken Spanish because that mm. probably would have benefited me way more. Absolutely. I did the same. I took Italian. They didn't offer French. I wanted to take French, but they offered Italian, so I took that instead. My town is considered like a little Italy. My town is so Italian, I feel out of place. And I've been there my whole life. And it's just like, I probably should have taken Italian. Anything but French. But I think I took French just because... I, it was different. And yeah, I wanted and to it's do a beautiful something. language. It is beautiful, yes. It's It sounds very romantic and sensual. But to take sensual. it in college as a master's... Oh, yeah, to pursue a master's degree, especially when it's not your career. I could see doing a master's degree in, in the French language if you were going to teach French or if you were going to work in France. And right. it just doesn't seem like Madeline was doing either of these things. No, it she was an extra thing. She works at a marketing company. Yeah, and it didn't make sense. So I guess I have that question. Was that... a permanent position in France for Madeline or was it also going to be just a year for her to I be I think in it was France? just going to be a year but it was going to be that whole finally her masters is benefiting yeah, her given what continuing education costs in this country not worth it no sorry it's it's not just not the best choice it's just not the other cringe-worthy line that I had to call out was after that scene where she's talking to her boyfriend and telling him all about going to Paris and everything. And he's like, you don't speak French. Uh-huh, and she's like, I know where you're going. fake it till you make it. Uh-huh. And it's, I think it's the giggle afterwards that really, really grated on me. That's what started the whole, I get why she's not likable. Reading, I mean, you and I both kind of, when trying to pick another show for the interim, we were admittedly going off of BuzzFeed articles. Because, <laughs> Shout out to BuzzFeed. Seriously, they they tell it like it is. And it was, you know, we kept seeing these, like, love to hate and, you know, why is she such a love to hate character? And as I'm watching it, I'm like, I get it. This is not a, reali- a realistic portrayal of somebody in this position at all. Like, it just, it wasn't. I thought about this for a long time about why I didn't like Emily because it wasn't immediately clear to me why I didn't because I think to some extent when you watch TV shows and movies you you want to imagine a life that's better than yours or you know you want to watch somebody who's doing things that you wish you could be doing right it's an escape that's the point for the most part but you also want those characters to have a human quality to them to relate to them to be able to see some of you in them you know however small that part is and I think the the more that the show went on the more I realized Emily doesn't seem like a human she has zero self-awareness I, I wrote this in my notes where I was like she has so much confidence and I can't tell if it's a good thing or really really fucking stupid because I would love to have enough confidence to just move to another country, start a new job in a place that I've like never lived in before. I have no support system there. Just to be able to do that would be amazing. But the way she does it makes you feel like she has no 
concept of what she's actually doing. <laughs> like she's an alien. Yeah, right. Because she's thrown into a situation where if I was, I'd be shitting my pants. I would be like, oh my God, you're making me go here. Like, what do I have to do? Like, I would need weeks to prepare just to feel comfortable. Say I was in this position. I took French for six years, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I could pick up things, but I would be sitting there panicking. I would be timid. I would be, like you said, the confidence is just out of this world. Again, something I wish I had, but it was... It's delusional. It's not realistic. Yeah. Whatsoever. Well, that, that's eventually what I put my finger on, because I was like, why don't I enjoy watching somebody take this massive leap that I would love to be able to do? And the reason is because it, it seems crazy. The way that people she people do it, and people it. will do it, but in this case, she absolutely shows zero not. vulnerability. There's never a moment of doubt, even when people are rude to her in France. No, it just rolls right off her. She's like upset for a second, and then she's like, "Well, I'm just gonna bounce back even more cheerful than before." And it's like, "What are you doing? Where is this coming from?" I would be sobbing. There is a scene where she goes to like a cafe or whatever, and she orders right, and she orders like a croissant or whatever, but. The woman behind the counter is politely trying to correct her. Right. And she's not. And she's receptive. ignoring it to the to like the nth degree. Yeah. And it bothered me because it happened throughout the whole scene mm-hmm. where she's correcting her pronunciation. Yes. Yeah. And it's like trying to help her. <laughs> and politely, yes. I might add. Yes. So it's like, okay, pick up on like, oh I'm sorry, or you know, merci or something. Mm-hmm. Just something of acknowledgement. And there was none. And I'm like, what do we do? Like, isn't the whole point of a show like this to show growth in your situation? Like, yeah. it was very odd to me. I get that they're setting up this trajectory for her to, like, start out being really ignorant and naive about the situation. And, and I'm assuming that she's going to have some sort of growth arc throughout the season. But it's starting from such a low place that it's hard to imagine that she's even capable of growth because she's so unaware of her own ignorance. Right. So between that and the confidence she has, are we going to get progress? Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. And is it going to feel realistic? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you want to be able to see potential in somebody for development. I don't even see the potential in Emily for development. <laughs> she just seems like an idiot. She doesn't even say bonjour properly. Right. She's like, bonjour. And it's like, are you even trying? It reminds me of um, <laughs> Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards. I did not when, see that. Oh my God, this is offensive to me. How have you not I think because I know it? there's a scene that's very graphic that I don't want to see. There are a lot of scenes that are very graphic. Yeah, that, it's I, actually a very intense movie in general. But at some point, Brad Pitt has to pretend to be an Italian soldier. And <laughs> he's he greets people. He's like, buongiorno. Like, he's literally just an American. Right. Just speaking Italian words and not even putting in a... That's exactly what... An accent what. on it. Yeah. She's like, bonjour. And it's like, okay. Like, can we just put a little bit of effort in? Try. Try. Yeah. And she walks into buildings. She's like, hi, hello. And it's like, you know that most people don't speak English. <laughs> And or just assuming that a lot of people know she's American and is going to just take it and be fun with it. I will say, so yes, Emily is ignorant and annoying. However, the uh, boss lady in France, Sylvie, is 
is also kind of out of line. She, yeah, she's a little overly... And the thing that bothered impressive. me was when Emily attempted to speak French, and she was like, you know what, it's best not even to try. Then what does she do? Like, if she can't right, try what, to speak like, your language... Help her a little bit. Yeah, like, obviously she doesn't speak French, and that's what you wanted, that's what you were expecting, but that's not what's happening, so would you rather have her try to speak your language or just have her speak English? Because it just seemed like she wasn't going to win in that mm-hmm. situation, so... I thought that was kind of rude because everything that you've ever heard from people in foreign countries when, like, Americans go traveling there... That they don't attempt anything. They don't even attempt. And that they love it when you at least try to speak their Mm -hmm. language. So I thought that was uh, not fair to Emily. That she was trying and Sylvia was like, you know what, just don't. Like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) The other thing that bothered me about this, I mean, aside from the fact that Emily doesn't speak French has no French background or anything. She also doesn't have a marketing background in the types of products that are being marketed. She sells pharmaceuticals in the U.S. And they sent her to France to market perfume, luxury, yeah, luxury items. Yeah. There was no one more suited to that position in their company in America that they could have sent instead. Right. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, maybe if she did know more about luxury brands, but she didn't know French, then they could be like, okay, well, yeah, you don't speak French, but at least you know luxury brands. We'll send you over. But they're like, okay, you don't speak French, don't know how to market luxury brands. And her whole thing is social media. And it's like, she's grilling them for social media. She's like, oh, the best way you're going to get your... And it's like, again, pharmaceuticals. Yeah. It's not well, really a social media. Yeah, she was talking earlier in the stuff. episode about trying to market that IBS medication yeah. with, like, meditation and medication. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, only in America, honestly. Yeah, that's true. But... I don't put it past anybody. Like, that's what I couldn't get my head around, because the French thing, it's probably hard to find somebody who does speak French. But they probably could have found somebody who has experience marketing luxury merchandise. The fact that she has nothing in either category and they still sent her (laughs) really pisses me off. Doesn't seem like that would have happened. But what do I know? The one part that I was a little, like, taken aback by is she's at the meeting and she's trying to tell everybody, like, not only does she not speak French... But she brings up the whole mar- marketing strategy. Oh, you got to do social media. That's it. You got to boost your presence. And the one woman runs out of the room. <laughs> and I found that to be so aggressive because I'm like, okay, I guess she speaks English and she doesn't know French and yada, yada. But like this woman runs out of the room terrified as if she's gonna being murdered. Like, Oh, okay. So this is not the meeting. Because there's two times that this woman runs away. The but the first right, time, no, it's not show, really but, running. But the, but the she first leaves time the room. She asks, like, who's the, the social yeah. media person? And they were like, it's that lady who just left. It's the lady who out. just left. But, like, the minute she spoke, she left. And then. Right, because she realized she that goes, she was speaking right. English. And, and then she goes to her later and is like, oh, hey, I know you do the social media. And she runs away from her yeah. as if she's this huge threat, which I m- might be, like, foreshadowing. Like, maybe she ends up being. Maybe she takes her job. Who knows? But she has this fear in her that, like, she won't even communicate with Emily. Yeah, I that reaction confused me, too, because when she walked out of the meeting, when she realized that Emily was speaking English and 
she didn't speak English. That made sense to me in like, this is a waste of my time if I can't understand you. And then when Emily approached her, knowing fully that this woman doesn't speak English and then approaches her speaking English, I, I couldn't wrap my head around. That's another one of those things where it's just, she has zero self-awareness. Right. Like, like, like you didn't why, pick up on it the first time. Right, like you knew this woman does not speak English. So why would you ever approach her talking about how to do her job in a different language right? and expect her to be receptive to that. But she does run away as though she's afraid of Emily, which is kind of odd. Yeah, that, I think that's what took me by surprise. Like, you she could be scared. rude. Yeah, she could be rude and angry, but scared. It was, it was weird. It was very strange. And then Luke said that later when he ran into her on that mm-hmm. cafe side street or whatever. And he was like, oh, we're all afraid of you. And she was like, oh, my God, really? Like, little old me. <laughs> I was like, I want to kill you. But <laughs> that was weird to me, too, because I'm like, I don't think any of those people are afraid of her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're afraid. afraid. Her, but Luke, I, he's my favorite. I told you this. I feel like I like that he's going to be an ally. And it's sweet. Like, he's got a sweet... I, I like him a lot. Well, here's the thing that kind of ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning the stereotypes either there's the rude french people or the hot overly sexualized frenchmen luke is neither and that's because i would not consider him to be generically handsome no and so i kind of have a problem with that he's got that no he's gonna be the typical comedic sidekick or just like slightly pathetic slightly nerdy you know like he's not a love interest clearly and he's not an adversary. They just, they made him look quintessentially non-threatening right. in all ways. So in the way that the show likes to play off of stereotypes, I felt like that was just yet another one that they are playing into. And I think he deserves better than that. But. Oh, absolutely. Prior to that scene, though, she runs into an American. Mindy? Mindy. I love Mindy. I would watch a whole show about Mindy. She... The show should be Mindy in Paris. It should because she covers all the bases. And it still rhymes. Mindy and Paris. (laughs) Mindy and Paris. (laughs) Yeah, no, she covers all the bases because she's doing... She's there for work, technically. Mm -hmm. She knows the language. Yep. She's teaching the Mandarin. Right? (laughs) And then she was, like, randomly revealing backstory. She's like, oh, my mother's from Korea. But, like, that's a long story. A long, boring story. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, she covers so many bases that it's, like... The show should be revolved around you. Like, that, you're right. It's I'm all. kind of obsessed with her. Like, yeah. in the brief time that we spent talking to Mindy, I learned more about her and cared more about her story than I ever cared about Emily's story. I'm still more invested in Mindy than I am in Emily. Yeah. We'll definitely see more of her, but it was nice to see an American with Emily kind of telling her, like, eh, you know, this is how it's going to be. Like, Takes some getting used to. Yeah, like giving her more of a realization and talk about a realization though the place she's staying at Mm -hmm. which we didn't cover because that was right in the beginning but there's no elevator (laughs) and she's on the fifth floor yeah right which is really the sixth floor it's really the sixth floor and because of that she runs into a very good looking frenchman i mean there were a lot of good looking people there was even like the the, I'm gonna call him a bellboy only in, because of the beginning. Gabe, uh, no, hey. no, no, no. What was his name? Gil. Gil in the beginning. So sweet. Mm-hmm. And she was so standoffish with him. I mean, she was. Oh yeah. Decent with him, but she was standoffish because she was like, "I have a boyfriend." And yes. then it was like, 
he's like, yeah, but we could, you know, have a boyfriend and pal. Like, <laughs> that humor was very him. French. <laughs> humor him. Like, just be sweet. Like, he was very cute. I would have humored him. I would have gone out for a drink. He was fine. I would have been fine with it. You're in a different country, but whatever. (laughs) We can get into that another time. But he was sweet. And then, you know, she turns that down. But now she goes to the wrong room, wrong floor. And we have Gabriel, who is (laughs) way too sexy. Exactly. Well, what I wrote was, funny how I have a boyfriend, Emily, disappears when the guy is hot enough. Because not only does this happen with Gabriel, but it happens with that random guy that approaches her to ask if the seat is free before Luke shows up at yes. that cafe. And she's like, oh, oh my God, right. yes, She thought he was going to sit, sit there. with me. And yep. then he was like, no, I just want this no, chair. No, I want the chair. So, so it really just depends, because I did feel like, um, what was his name at the beginning? Gil? Gil. I felt like he was the less attractive of the three. He was still an attractive guy, but yeah. not in the Greek god sort of way that the other guys were. Right. And given kind of the fact that the show's been out a while and I've seen things. We know Gabriel sticks around. What? What? Spoilers! <laughs> I want to add my own little anecdote here because as I talk about how stereotyped it is that French men are horny as fuck, uh, I'm now remembering <laughs> something that happened to me and my sister when we were in Paris. So when we were leaving, we were at the airport and we were going through security. And you know, you have to take off your shoes and, like, heavy, like, sweatshirts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the guy is being tender. Sorry, you're smirking at me. I know I can't keep, like... I'm sorry, because I'm really excited about this trip. <laughs> so the guys were French who were manning that station. And so they're telling us in their lovely French accents, they're like, oh, take off your shoes, take off your jackets, take off your shirts, take off your pants. Like, they kept going, like, taking off, right. like, all of your clothing. <laughs> So it was like, you know, I'm 18 and I'm like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, maybe based in reality to some extent, I think perhaps exaggerated for the show, but, but okay. I can attest to having a slightly creepy encounter with Frenchmen while I was there. Well, you know, I don't put it past them. I feel like every country's going to have their creeps and, you know. I think they're just a lot more free about romance and relationships there like they're again it we're going with the stereotype they're gonna play it sure. as far as they can go yeah and i think maybe where it's perceived as creepy to americans because we have a lot of creeps here yeah but again <laughs> i feel like I, i'd take a french creep over an american creep any day well you know you slap an accent on any guy and it becomes about 10 times more attractive so say no more <laughs> uh going back to sylvie for a hot second I felt like she walked like a velociraptor. She always had her arms up like this. I did not notice that. <laughs> they were like bent at the elbows. And she walked around. It was a little bit like Alexis in Schitt's Creek. Okay. But she modeled that after the Kardashians and like holding their purses and stuff. Right. But I don't know what Sylvie's doing with it, but she literally walked around with like her like wrists kind of slack. And she was just, she looked like a dinosaur. Every time oh. I saw her, I thought of... I'm going to have to pick up on that next time. All I really picked up on was her, like, resting bitch face the whole time. I don't think she smiled once. No, and that's her character, though. She's supposed to be that intimidating boss lady person. But it was annoying. And related to that, when they start calling her... La Plouk. La Plouk. 
I actually thought that that was probably one of the nicer things they could have called her. <laughs> like, right, because, I mean, in French, it doesn't sound awful. And then no, when you find out what hick. it is. Yeah, she's a hick. I mean, could be worse. It could be a lot it worse. It could be a lot worse. I was like, oh, I was expecting it to be really offensive. And actually calling her a hick, that's that's a win in my book. It <laughs> make, and and, and you know lot. what? It makes sense, given the context. Right, she's from the Midwest. Yeah. So. <laughs> from Chicago. No offense to anybody listening in no, Chicago. No, <laughs> we love Chicago. I lived in Michigan for a year. I understand, but I've also... I've been there. Love it. Y'all are the Midwest, so... But she has her day, her first day, and she gets home. She's in bed. Mm-hmm. And this brought me back to a little movie I like to call Just Married. Did you ever see it? No, but I know... I With Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher and Brittany Murphy, Yeah. Right? And she decides she's going to have... Face, um, I'd call it phone sex, but it's FaceTime sex with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. Doug. That's his name. His name is Doug. His name is Doug. And he's very go with the flow, like, oh, you're going to Paris? Great. I made yeah. a schedule of you? Great. Oh, I'll be there in two weeks. No problem. Like, he's very accommodating. And I was like, that's too easy. Yeah. I'm sort of divided on this issue because I did kind of expect there to be tension and friction when she told him that she was going to mm-hmm. go to Paris for a year. And I was prepared to be really annoyed that, you know, he was upset with her for following this career opportunity. And then he wasn't. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually almost too, too good. It's too, right. It's <laughs> too good be to be something. true. It's going way too well for her right off the bat. And I'm kind of like, not fair. I don't think this would be that simple for anybody. No, we don't know how long they've been dating, so that's part of it. But regardless, your your girlfriend's leaving for a year. Yeah. Well, maybe I am desensitized a little bit to this because I was in a long distance relationship for like five or six years, and it wasn't in different countries. It was New York to Michigan. Still, that's decent amount of time. Like, I mean. It's a long any, time. Right, any long distances. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was easy. It was not. But there, I, I can tell you that it wasn't as easy as it seems to be in this show for Emily and Doug. Right. That's what I'm saying. And Basically, I also don't understand why seem- he's coming to visit immediately. You know, like, you space those visits out. Right, give it a month. Yeah, either you go out there to help her move, or... You wait a few months before, you know, when While things, settled when and all things that. start to feel really lonely. Because you have to, if you can't see each other all the time, you have to space those visits out. Yes. If you can. I mean, I guess it depends on their vacation time and stuff. But, Which you know, made a you don't want to front load it yeah. and be like, okay, I'm going to come and visit you for like a week once you move out there and then I won't see you again for six months. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe we should have planned this better. So she's about to diddle herself on the phone. Which, <laughs> more power to you. I mean, I've never done it, and <laughs> separately or um, I've reco- manually. <laughs> I've okay. I've like recorded myself and sent it. I'm not doing it in the moment. Like it's not like oh, yeah, in real multitasking. time. Multitasking. Yeah, it's yeah. not. That's not happening. Okay. All of a sudden, they're trying, and then the connection goes out, and she decides she's going to get out her magic wand. Her magic it's wand. It's a magic wand. Oh, it's a hundred percent magic I wand. Own one. I am aware. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, so I can totally believe that it shorts out electricity in, like, older buildings. <laughs> well, it's funny because I had brought up, you know, Just Married with Ashley yeah. Kutcher and Brittany Murphy, and one of the main things was that they had a toy that they got on there as a wedding gift, and they go to plug it in, and she's like, it's a European outlet, it's not going to work. 
And the first thing I thought of was, oh, that's what's going to happen. But no, she had the attachment for mm-hmm. it to plug into a European outlet. And it still short-circuited the just entire building. the circuit. Listen, that thing's got torque. So I, I believe it. I think that's realistic. Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> talk about embarrassing. Yeah. But you know what? That's one thing that I feel like that's not going to take her down. I mean, she spent yeah, the whole right? day being criticized and all exactly. this, and it's not going to do anything It'll just for just roll right off her back. Mm-hmm. That cyber sex scene was probably the most uncomfortable I've been in a long time, though. It just felt really awkward to me. What he was saying, what she was saying, the vibe of it, it was just terribly unsexy. I think maybe it was because we had just met both of these people like 20 minutes ago. And right, we didn't have any. We didn't have any establishment. Really, and, like I don't think they even. They might have kissed, but like there was no sexual relationship no, it was established a at the bar. Yeah, it was we like, knew that. I mean, we know that they're dating, but I just I didn't feel like they were together in that way. And so watching them do this together is awkward. Yeah, they definitely gave more of like a friends vibe than a relationship vibe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I Which think, I feel like I think it was of, because of all of the support that he was giving her. Like, that just felt more like it was a friendship absolutely. than a relationship. I was going to say, <laughs> I know more of a friends with, bene- with benefits vibe than I do a relationship vibe at this point. So with that, I felt like this is just an encouraging friend. Right. <laughs> that had sex once in a while. Like, I, that's I, how it felt. Yeah, I mean, significant others are more selfish than than Doug is. And, you know, when they say, like, I'm moving to a foreign country for a year, right, they're a little probably, more concerned. They probably have yeah. something to say, except for, like, I'm worried about the French people, which was funny, but... Um, <laughs> right, like, you don't know French. Like, that's the first thing anybody should be worried about. So, more power to you, Doug. Okay, now this show is written by someone who writes a lot of shows I watch. Really? And love. And would never criticize. <laughs> so that's why I'm a little taken aback. Darren Starr, he's done Sex in the City, Beverly Hills 90210, Younger, which is my fucking fave. And it's ending this year and I'm so sad about it. So seeing his name on this, I was a little like, oh no, sir, what have you done? <laughs> You're the pro. You're the master. But I think we can help you out a little bit. And with that, I think, uh, you know, we're going to bring you into a little segment we call the rewriter's room. Where we are going to tweak some things. Uh, little itty bitty things. Make it a little better. Yeah. A lot better. <laughs> there we go. A lot better. <laughs> Anything you can do, we can do better. Welcome to the rewriter's room. Okay, so the first thing that I would change in this episode, and I think maybe it's the only thing that would have to change to make this digestible to me, is... Changing Emily's area of expertise to include luxury brand marketing. I mentioned this before, but I really think that the fact that she has no experience in luxury brand marketing or French is just too much for me. There's no connection whatsoever. It's too much for me to accept. So if she's going to be ignorant about the French language, I can handle that as long as she's actually capable of doing the job that she was sent there to do. So that would be the first thing that I would change that I think would actually require no further changes at that point. I'll piggyback off of that because I feel like it kind of, they would go hand in hand. And we talked a little bit about it before, but the overconfidence. Yes. It was a lot because it's, again, unrealistic. That's great. I wish I had the confidence she has, but I would have liked to seen her be a little more vulnerable. Yeah, And a little more 
timid in going about the day-to-day and not being so on her high horse that I don't know where she gets it from because... Yeah, she has this endless supply of optimism. Like, every time something goes wrong... You are in a foreign country you've never been. Working in a field, you semi-know because, again, like you just said, not her expertise. And yet, she's acting like she's been doing it for 15 years. It's... it's. It, it rubs, doesn't sit well with Yeah, me it rubs the wrong way and it makes so much sense that the other people at this French company are put off by her because she's coming and acting like she knows what she's mm-hmm. doing and she, she really doesn't. And part of the... There was a moment where I felt like they could have leaned into her, her vulnerability when she was on the phone. Not the cyber sex, but the other phone call she had with her boyfriend right. where he asked her how it was going. She's like, it's going great. And then she's like, well, actually, it's not going super great, but it's fine. It'll all work out. Super optimistic. She could have taken that moment to be like, you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, just to have one moment of everything might not work out the way that I want it to. Would have been nice to see, just to be able to relate on that human level. Rex, it makes you, it gives you that little bit of, oh, is she going to make it or is she not? But we're not getting that right now because she's so confident that we're just assuming she's going to... She's just going to bulldoze right uh, through Yes, it's going to be fun. Like, that's what the show is going to be. Yeah. And then my other rewriter's note is just sort of a tweak, really. And it's just to not lean so heavily into the stereotypes that they're leaning into. Because they're there for a reason. I don't think they're all inaccurate. But none of these people feel like real people. Mm -hmm. They all feel like caricatures of your stereotypical French person, French man, French woman. You know, it's... It's a lot of surface level character development. Mm -hmm. And I think to see other sides of these people, even if it was just a comment, even if we saw Sylvie being like, you know, oh, like Emily sort of reminds me of me when I was young. Mm -hmm. Or like somebody said that to Sylvie, like, oh, you know, she reminds me of you when you first started here. Just to kind of create that connection. Right. I don't feel connected to any of these characters. Mm -mm. And the reason is because they all have one personality (laughs) and it's whatever their stereotype is. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I'm just going to piggyback off of yours because that's the last one I have. But like you said, with the stereotypes, I feel like there should just be more research in the culture in general. Mm -hmm. Again, like you said, the stereotypical, you know, but even just... Overall, we're being given the sense that, oh, Paris, city of love, all that. It's not all that. You know, like, yes, that's what we call it, but give us the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Again, we're only in episode one, but it's like, give us a little back story. Like, not just throw her in Paris and then she's so great at it that we don't need any kind of cultural reset. It's it's an American in Paris, but they're making Paris American and it's just kind of like, no. Yeah, and I think the show could also benefit a little bit of Emily putting in an effort to learn more about Paris. Because Which I, mean, I feel like she it, is there right. to work, but again, it's going to be a year. Do yeah, a little work. There's a lot to see, there's a lot to do. And I feel like one of the things French people are the most upset about is that people just assume Paris is France. And there's mm-hmm. so many other regions and areas of France that look nothing like Paris and have none of the same values and vibes that Paris has. 
And again, this is the first episode, so we're not going to see Emily go tour the entire country of France. But she doesn't even seem interested. No. She's caught up in the Instagrammy Which parts I hate. The of Paris. Yes. And that's exactly what, like, other people hate about Americans, <laughs> is that they're there for the gram. They want to take pictures of themselves. Right, so the stereotypes are working on both ends. Yeah. They're working on the French side, they're working on the American side. And it's like, how do we incorporate that so that we can show not everybody is like that? It doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. And again, this is the very beginning of the show. I'm assuming that there's going to be some attempt at a growth pattern here that we're starting from the bottom and that we should see progress. I'm hoping that that is what happens, but based on like feedback from the show when it first aired, I don't know that that actually does happen. (laughs) So I guess we'll find out together. Yes. But we can start at the bottom as long as there's somewhere to go. And as I said earlier, I just don't feel like Emily's the kind of person who is capable of growth at this point, but we'll give it a a shot. Good old college try. (laughs) Yes, let's do that. So if you would like to tell us about experiences you've had in Paris with rude people or very sexy Frenchmen, we would like to hear those. Uh, If you have already watched Emily in Paris and you want to tell us spoilers, fuck off. We don't want them. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone else, please email us at IHateItLet'sWatchIt at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week with another episode of Emily in Paris to digest for you. Okay, let's let's end on you telling us one of the French words that you learned in school, and we'll pronounce it. All right, my favorite word. We'll start with the favorite, and we'll just work our way down. Okay, great. Pomplemousse. 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 And what does it mean? Grapefruit. I don't even like grapefruits, but I love that word. Okay, well, until next time. Pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. <laughs> oh my god.